To all our sidekicks and hench folk out there in the Geek Nation, you're currently, right this second, now, tuning into the Cold Pop Podcast live stream, a.k.a. also known as, spoiler alert, uh, episode 752, where we will review the past week's comics, well, a couple of them, as well as talk about some fun pop culture topics for your listening and viewing pleasure. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, owner of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, loaded, located at 43... 27 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA, a pretty cool shop which caters to nerdy and nerd-adjacent individuals of all shapes and sizes. Wait, Sans- did you hit record? I didn't hit record. I didn't hit record! <laughs> too I, late. We're, we're live for two people. We can set it up right now. What do you mean it's too late? All right, fine. We'll set it up right now. Are you, are you up and running? Yeah. All right. One, two, three, click. One, two, three, clap. Uh, what's up to all our sidekicks <laughs> and henchfolk out there in the Geek Nation? You're currently tuning in to Cold Pop Podcast live stream, aka spoiler alert, episode 752, where we review the past week's comics as well as talk about some fun pop culture topics for your listening and viewing pleasure times two. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, owner of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA, a pretty cool shop which caters to nerdy and nerd adjacent individuals of all shapes and sizes. Except for the poopy jerks who go on and on about jerky poopy things that collectively make most people cringe. Sort out your lives, stinky heads, then come by the shop. Can they can you see can you see that I'm winking? Can you hear it? Wink. I'm winking as loud as I can. This is the part where Noel writes anything in the script and JD reads it. I'm here to choose some bum and review comics. Bad news is I'm out of bubble gum because I ate it and swallowed it. Now it's in my tummy tum for so many years. But enough about tummies. Who likes comics? I sure miss me some bubble gum. Oh. Oh. Because you tell me though. Friend feels way too strong of a descriptor. Joining me tonight is one of my fondest acquaintances. <laughs> Noel, fuck, Mary kill, early 2000s comic writer edition, Jeff Johns, Brian Bendis, and Grant Morrison. You got to fuck one, marry one, and kill one. Which one? Jeff Johns, Brian Bendis, Grant Morrison. Go. Um, uh, so I was really hoping to hear Brian's answer to this, but I will go. Um, right off the bat, you gotta choose to fuck Grant Morrison. Right? I thought that they, was such an obvious, of course it's Grant Morrison. Part. So then it's just, it's just who you want to, you know, hitch your wagon to for the rest of your life and or maybe you could do without. So I thought about it deep and long. 
and hard <laughs> after after thinking about Grant Morrison deep and long. Um, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna marry Bendis and I'm gonna kill Jones. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, Bendis it's, just it's, seems like he's so snuggly. Like he's at the end of the also, day, you want to cuddle. He's also a little bit just like a a little bit more versatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Johns has one or two things and does them incredibly well. Whereas if you like really look at the breadth of Bendis's work, maybe it's a little bit more longevity married wise. Whereas like Johns is now half foot in Hollywood. Maybe it wouldn't have that much. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to marry Bendis, kill Jeff Johns and fuck Grant Morrison. Uh, we are 100% in yeah. agreement here. Uh, I yeah. feel like, I feel like if I was going to guess, I feel like Brian would, Swap Johns and Bendis. Okay, but uh, but unequivocally, I think everyone, everyone, Grant Morrison, right? Every yeah, it's not even uh, a debate. You gotta, you're gonna have listen. You're gonna have fun. You're gonna talk about magic. You're gonna talk about alternate dimensions. We're gonna uh, talk about gonna magic. Do, you had me there. <laughs> you're gonna do so much drugs, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, he's he's like he's such a tall, thin, sexy mother. Fucker. It's, it's not. <laughs> yeah, there's no there was really no debate when I was writing out the question. I was just okay. like, well, obviously, fuck Grant Morrison. Yeah. And now there's going to be some people that might want to marry him. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. I, I couldn't put up with that for, for for like 30 years. You know, what I mean, I, yeah, you're, in, I you're want, in for the long wanna, haul with marriage. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, thank you to everyone joining us live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to like, comment subscribe and share the joy of doing this live is hanging out with you guys in the chat room. So pipe up and, uh, you know, make yourselves heard and we'll comment uh, with you with that out of the way. I feel as though I should tell you we've got letters. We've got letters. Oh, we've got lots and 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 letters. Letters. All right, this it's one letter. Uh, it's called it's called Why the Last Man, and it's from Christopher Saint Saucy. Good night, longtime listener uh, of the show um, and other shit. He he says, um, I forgot to check and see if Why the Last Man would be on Hulu first thing in the morning, or if I had to wait for a certain time. Turns out the entire se- wow the entire season is now on, so I'm watching the first few episodes while I write this email. Excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. Burps brought to you by Pennsylvania Pale Ale. I do not recommend it. I know Len doesn't like to judge series too early, but after four issues, I think Nice House on the Lake may be one of the best miniseries in the last 20 years. Hopefully he doesn't tank the finale, but as of right now, it is really fantastic. Shang-Chi is good. What I've seen of it anyway. Uh, I keep I keep falling asleep during different parts. I've tried three times to make it all the way through. I might try it again this week, either Wednesday or Thursday. You have paid to go to the movies three times so far, and you have yet to see the full film. Well, I, doesn't he work? Or, uh, a, I don't know. A, I bet, a wild job. I bet he, I bet he pirated it. Um, well, well, I mean, if he's got one of yeah. those Johns like you do with the one of those Jeff Johns. Month. Pay, pay a monthly fee and you get to go to the movies as much as you want. That's true. I have the Regal but, app, whatever that is. Yeah. yeah, and AMC has one too. But um, 
I like doesn't he have like a odd hours, long hours type of job? Like, yeah, yeah he you, might just you be shouldn't poop. You shouldn't go to the movies when you've worked for 22 hours and or it's the middle yeah. of the night. I'm just saying. Uh, he continues, I finished my binge watch of Enterprise. Season four with a, was a remarkable improvement over season three. With the multiple two or three episode arcs versus one long arc or a bunch of standalone episodes. The only thing that didn't work is the finale. They leaped ahead like five years and killed one of the only three characters they gave any development. And that's my major problem with the series as a whole. They focused on three characters way too much and abandoned the rest of the main cast. I'm now binging the new MacGyver. Ever notice how much original MacGyver and the Doctor from Doctor Who have in common? I'm just going to pick a couple. There's, there's a whole other half an email here. I'm just going to pick a couple. Uh, we don't know the Doctor's real name. We don't learn Mac's first name until the final episode. Doctor hates guns. Mac hates the guns. The Doctor sometimes works with the military. Uh, the Doctor carries a sonic screwdriver. Mac carries a Swiss Army knife with a screwdriver attachment. Um... The Doctor time travels. Mac time travels in at least two different multi-part episodes. What, really? MacGyver yeah. time travels? I, I think it was just, like, thematic. It's not, like, a part of the story. Like, nobody built a time machine, but they uh -huh. had, like, a medieval times episode or two. Huh. Right? That's, I, I don't know. I never watched it. Uh, nah. I think he makes, I think with the Doctor comparison with MacGyver, I think it's a funny comparison. You know, like uh, not in any kind of like one ripped off the other one, but I think it's totally like a group think in the ether. You know, like yeah. we want we want a character of action that actually is a pacifist, uses his head instead of his fists. And like just going from there, there's only so many tropes. Right? Is there a character, do you think, called the pacifist? And it's like fist. Yeah. If not, I'm, there should be. I feel like maybe that's like a third-rate character and, and James Gunn's a super. Yeah. Yeah, the pacifist. <laughs> the pacifist. All he does is punch inanimate objects and in it's, anger. And, it, and it's played by Vin Diesel. Uh, Mars Comics is in the chat saying, I'll tell you who definitely is a Time Lord, Ms. Frizzle. Uh, was that the Magic School Bus, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that... Uh, uh, her yeah somebody somebody surmised that her bus is actually a TARDIS because the TARDIS can take the shape of whatever you oh. need it to be and yeah same with Mary uh, Poppins Mary Poppins is potentially a Time Lord also Brian Brian's also in the chat and he has a very good point hey where was oh. the link to the live stream <laughs> well that's maybe why he didn't join us <laughs> maybe if you would have asked at eight thirty that would have been something well, sorry Bri. Um, I'm not. I'm not sorry. <laughs> never, never, never sorry. I'll send it to him. So, um, so uh, anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the letter is out of the way. Now it's time for the comics block portion of the show. We're going to start off with Amazing Spideyman number seventy-three from Marvel Comics, written by Nick Spencer with art by Carlos Gomez. We can't tell you a single thing that happens here without spoiling just about every issue that comes out between the time you're reading this and when ASM number 73 comes out. So the, the solicitation for the comic books come out months in advance so that retailers and, and customers know what the, the gist of the issue is going to be or whether or not they want to read it uh, or buy it. So... Um, that's why they couldn't tell you anything, because it was a couple months ago, and they're like, if we tell you anything, it'll spoil stuff. 
Uh, I'm not sure that's the case. Uh, I'm, I don't think that really would have spoiled much. So, Brian, um, my acquaintance here, Noel, Noel here he it's is, this me. guy. Yeah. It's Sorry. a me. I'm having trouble uh, with everything else. Go on. He uh, was like, hey, JD. Well, uh, so I'm having technical difficulties. So is JD. This happened all at once. So what he was going to say is that I said, like, JD is the spider guy. I dropped off the book, but I've been checking in here and there. And then there was this whole event with the Sinister War, which essentially was just 5,000 bad guys that man for four issues. And I wasn't exactly sure... The, the 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 story thread was actually happening in the main book, Amazing Spider-Man, yet the event book called Sinister War that was happening concurrently was just a big four-issue fight. Literally, nothing else was happening. So it was so incredibly weird the way this was all structured. Like, why is this an event book? Why is this the actual issues? But we finally got to the issue 73 of Amazing Spider-Man, which is after the last issue of this event we're supposed to be reading and enjoying. Um, and they finally revealed some things. They finally actually kind of dropped the hammer as to what Kindred is, or or at least this version of what Kindred is, or whatever the fuck. And then at the same time, ended up retconning a bunch of stuff from twenty years ago um, that wasn't mentioned recently, as far as I'm aware. So your mic is doing the thing it was doing before. Ah! Yeah. Um, no, was it uh, you? Uh, you mean recently, as in like people speculating in this run? In this run, yeah, it wasn't really mentioned before. No. So I read this. I read this. This whole tie, all these tie-in issues, and this uh, series, um, Sinister War. And is it better? My voice. No, it's not at all. Fuck. I am. I, um, I read. This final issue, everything's revealed. Masks pulled off from this character that was introduced almost 100 issues ago with no real answers. At, at one point, we thought he was Harry Osborn, but a different version of Harry Osborn, um, which maybe he still could be. The point is, this issue was plotted and paced so confusingly yes. that I had to read it three times. Is and it better I still now? am not exactly, yeah, it's totally better now. Great. I still am not exactly sure what the fuck happened. So, thank you through this. Okay, uh, I, I can, this is what I think happened. Okay, so Kindred, weird demon guy, mm-hmm. um, is an agent of Harry Osborn who, before actually dying, set up a bunch of things to make Norman believe he had children with Gwen Stacy. Those children were actually test tube babies, and it was constantly. You know, like they made 18 versions of them or whatever. Yeah. Um, this kid. Oh, so. Oh, is, <clears throat> okay. For people who don't know, there was a very controversial storyline in the J. Michael Straczynski run of Spider Man called Sins, Sins Remember. Sins Past, not Sins Remembered? Sins Past, I think. 
Anyway, it's the if you're a Spider-Man fan, you know what it is because it's the one where they were like, "Hey, Gwen Stacy had an affair with Norman Osborn in Paris that you never knew about, and Peter never knew about, and she was pregnant and gave birth to two babies, and then they grew up really fast and tried to kill Peter. It was it was awful. The uh, to I had read this for the first time last year when I was catching up on the JMS run, and I was telling you how much I was loving it. And then finally it just like hit a brick wall with this story arc. Yeah. In hindsight, I, I knew everyone was complaining about Gwen Stacy would never. And, uh, but it, via a modern lens, you can absolutely make a case for, or have a discussion or a story about how uh, a powerful man uses influence in order to gaslight or, or take advantage of a younger woman. That is a normal conversation to have and is actually a really good story point. This story literally does none of that and just makes Gwen hiding an affair. Yeah. That wasn't an affair. They take away her agency. They, they, uh, they make it just like, oh, she, she uh, the reasoning for it. Well, you should mention yeah. something at some point because you're married. Either way, um, her rationale for sleeping with Norman was he seemed so sad and that's a direct line he seemed so sad and one thing led to another like mm. what sure uh, it was it's Awful. just I hated it's it. written so incredibly terribly and then mm. it's just like he's got these two children um they grow because of the serum they grow very fast one is growing older one is growing one has stopped. Either way, it's a boy and a girl. The girl looks very, very much like Gwen. Yes. And this is where we land now with Amazing Spider-Man 73. Um, I have no idea what happened in this issue. Um, uh, there were revelations, but then they weren't revelations. Like, Kindred takes off the mask and it's Gwen Stacy, but then it's not Gwen Stacy. It's Norman Os or it's Harry Osborn it's, again. It's Sarah. <laughs> So but that's the reveal. That's Sarah. Oh, that was Sarah. The reveal. That's why I had to read it twice. The reveal is not that it's Gwen. It's Sarah, Gwen's daughter with Norman. And then they go through the whole thing. But then while they're going through the thing, he's talk. She's talking about. Yeah, that's supposed to be Sarah, not Gwen. Oh, but she looks what? exactly like Gwen. She even has the a, goddamn hairband on. Exactly. It's a plot point from Sin's past. She shows up and he's like, Gwen. But it's her daughter. Uh. Um. And then they go back and they they make reference to Harry, evil Harry Osborn, like back in the 60s, set all of these things in motion to fuck with his father. You have fake kids. I faked my death. Uh, I made deals with Mysterio, with with uh, Chameleon, with like so much convoluted Machiavellian craziness that he would have to like think I'm 12 D chess. 20 years in advance kind of yeah. thing. It's so wild. But then it still doesn't answer any questions of no. What are, is, is this person change their face? If they do change their face, that's cool. They also, they have the ability to bring the dead back to life and are from hell, right? They, yeah. she was in hell and she escaped and she's been able to like bring a bunch of villains back. So she's a, She's a dead clone who went to hell 
and is now back to because I wasn't it like an arc ago she literally killed Peter over and over again and kept resurrecting him. Yes. This is so weird. It's this fucking is just terrible. So I I hate it. Um huh. I uh glad you got caught up. God damn. <laughs> um I didn't realize I first of all this entire time, this entire issue, I had no idea that that was supposed to be Sarah. I thought it was supposed to be Gwen, but then she changes. Reading. But then she changes her face to, to Harry Osborne, and says, "Call me Kindred." So I was like, "Oh, okay." Was Harry Osborne then just putting on this Gwen Stacy face? Because there's no way it's actually Gwen Stacy. Like, at no point in this book that I believe that's literally Gwen Stacy from the past. Um, so her being, uh, what's her name? Sarah. So you could Sarah. see in this panel, her face is kind of like burning, looking, changing. Yeah, I think I think it's Sarah, but she can make herself look like Harry other people. or whoever. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, then she goes right back to Sarah again, I guess. Mm. Um, but uh, uh, oh, and then this little coda, like at the end with with Mephisto, like making a shit ton of. Uh, Vegas puns and I'm like alright we're good I don't yeah. care. Um, what a bummer what a bummer this run this this is if this is this is the finale of Nick Spencer's run on the character on the book it has been I really liked the first like 25 issues or so like a lot oh my god yes and then it just went it, it was like in perpetual motion off of a cliff and even though so many issues have transpired and so many things have happened nothing has transpired and nothing has happened and it just feels like noise i'm really not looking forward to going back i i was gonna eventually maybe go back and read this whole run yeah i'm not i'm just gonna give it up it's fine i will I will because I'm a glutton for punishment and I'm a Spider-Man guy deep, deep down. And uh, there'll always be a part of me that's like, you know what? Maybe if I read it again, it'll be better. I will. Oh. Um, so, uh, oh, private chat. Let's see. Oh, Brian says here. Um, I just, there's so, I think there's a lot of stuff in Nick Spencer's run to enjoy. I really liked the whimsy of him being a roommate to Fred, who is the boomerang. And while you think there's no hey. real character... Hello. Hello. You think there's no real character development for Boomerang, but then you find out there is, like, yeah, in this issue or that you, I guess, the previous oh, issue, he wound up. They, they killed him, right? They sacrificed. He sacrificed himself to help Peter in in um, the Sinister War, which is yes, a lot of noise and a lot of uh, just fighting. But there's a part of me that's such a Spider-Man fan that like I'm like, oh, there's Stegron. Oh, there's all these different characters. Um, Oh, this is fun. It's big and crazy. And he's fighting 30 different villains at once. Um, and, uh, but yeah, over, over, overall, all said and done, like, this is such a convoluted mess. And the fact that he pulled this Sarah thing out of his butt at the very last minute without any sort of lead up to it that I can recall at all, like, it, I know what Sins Remembered was. Not everybody who's reading Spider-Man right now knows what Sins Remembered is. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure that the description uh, that happens explains it entirely well. I, I don't think that this you know. comic book really explains much. Uh, I wound up closing the book and being like, what? 
I don't know what just happened. Do you ever, I, I, I love fan service. I love reference. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why we're fans of people like Jeff Johns, who's able to kind of recontextualize things. Right. Yeah. But when something is so in the weeds and impenetrable as this, I wonder like, who the fuck is this for? Yeah. Well, it's for me. It's It's for the guy who's been reading this entire time, but I still didn't like it. Yeah. And I still, I still was like, eh, I'm all right. But I, I mean, I think that there, you can be incredibly referential without being impenetrable and or incredibly convoluted. Like yeah. there is a way to do it. And we've seen writers do it constantly. This there's just something about this that irks the crap out of me. And I keep wanting to love it. Yeah. Oh, I definitely want to love it. Um, there's so much that I said that I like. But overall, my um, it's just like so much of it is just kind of um, exhausting. Hi, Brian. Welcome hey. to the show. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, guys, uh, in addition to the link issue, as mentioned earlier, also I had some problems and I closed down all the Adobe stuff in the background. And oh, okay. then here we are. Are you recording? Um, oh, yes. Good. Oh, hey, yes. For, for poops and highs, you guys want to clap again? Because that's always fun. <gasps> no. Oh. Okay. One, two, three, clap. All right. Ooh, that was a good so, one. That was a good one. It's better when we're live. Um, <laughs> I uh, I also, coming in at the tail end, I also thought this was a whole lot of convoluted stuff and, like, flashes of things. And I was like, well, I haven't read it since the Sinister War number one that we reviewed for the show. So that's, I can't hold it against that. I do like the retcon of, oh, no, that Gwen Stacy was not with Norman Osborn. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know we if that was done for, before. But. We were good for 20 years just never talking about it. There didn't need to be a retcon. Literally one book in the last 20 years has even made reference pretty much to the fact that these twins existed. And that yeah, was... That's true. Because everyone was like, I think. we don't yeah. really like that. Yeah, it was just... They were not talking about Everyone was just like, was that taken care of with Brand New Day? I don't care. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Sure it was. Yeah. But go on, Brian. Uh, I mean, I guess that's about all I had to say about it. There was a lot of stuff that I was like, whoa, wait. What's happening? What's what's going on here? Um, And there is a lot of older stuff, you know, like the Harry Osborn stuff. And I was like, who's the kindred? I thought it was Harry Osborn. It's a different Harry Osborn. So like like a little old man, like, who's this kindred? Yeah. Who's the kindred? Who's that? It's a Harry, but it's not the Harry Osborn. I don't know. Also, yes. uh, (laughs) No, since you read this twice, explain all the Harrys to me. I don't. I don't know. Okay, so Norman. First of all, the decision to give them the same haircut is the worst decision in all comic books, period. Because (laughs) they, there's no, like, no artist differentiates them enough. I think only Marcos Martin makes Norman look different than Harry or vice versa, like, whatever. But, um, so... Oh, I disagree. Uh, I'm flipping through the pages right now. At the bottom there, that's totally Norman. That looks like Norman. Two pages back, that definitely looks like Harry. That's a Harry. When they're when they're when he's in the big room and there's a monitor and him and stuff, it's just like, yeah, like Did that's I... a monitor, like that's him talking to him. However, the very next page is Norman on a big monitor talking to them, and it's just that's true. It's yeah. it's a visual mess. You it's know what it is? Too many monitors. Too many too big many monitor faces. Either. Okay, so um, evil Harry from pre died Harry. Uh-huh. Um, set all of this up to create um, 
fake children. Well, they were real children, but made Norman believe that they were Norman and Gwen believed that they were their collective children. He did it with Mysterio, uh, Chameleon, uh, and then that Hellstrom, Maelstrom guy, the the cloning guy that yeah. isn't the jackal. I, I forget his name. Um, recorded all this Mendelstrom. Mendelstrom. Thank you. Mendelstrom recorded this apparently real time conversation with his father from twenty years from now, who would eventually stumble onto this plot. Fuck. Um, but then died uh, fighting Spider-Man back in the 60s. Um, no, died 80s. a hero. 80s? Died a hero. But when he recorded this, he was still an asshole, I yeah. guess. Um, so since then, Redcon a Palooza, Harry Osborne's alive now and he never was this evil person. So they make a revelation in here that they find older Harry's body New Harry finds old Harry's body. Oh, there's like a whole like you never came back or you you something like that. So now we don't know this new Harry where he came from, if he came from anywhere. And this is the Harry Osborne from Brand New Day. Thank you. Thank you. That's the corpse. Corpse is the one who died in Spectacular Spider-Man number 200 or whatever it was. And he like died a hero. And he died in Peter's arms, and there were tears and everything. And that's the corpse that's there. Um, and then and this Peter, Harry is the Harry from Mephisto's Brand New Day. What? Uh, what's Got the it. line in the book? They say you never came back, or they say you never actually died. Something like that. It's yeah, it's, you never came back, or something. Yeah, which yeah. I thought was a weird thing to say. So he really that's did die. Kind of confusing thing to say. Oh, too. oh, yeah. And then they like they're trying to do it with visual cues, but it doesn't really work. So if you go two pages back. Um, Norman during this whole thing looks to like behind him and there's an empty embryo tube or whatever and that's to imply that the Harry Osborn he thinks is now his alive son is actually a clone of his older son yeah Fuck again me. had to Fuck read it a couple me. times this is the worst paced book this week awful awful so bad and it jumps around so much that it's it's nigh impossible to keep up with. Like you have no idea where you are, who's talking. This is awful, so bad. And it's I, I hate to say it, I really do. I'm such a Spidey fan, and it really is. I should be ecstatic that they've undone the sins remembered storyline. Like, oh, okay, great, that never happened. I can forget it. I can forget it. Um, but uh, the fact that Harry did all of this, however many years ago, why? Why did he do it? What's the point? Ah, fuck. And then, if this has been Sarah the whole time as Kindred, why has she been presenting as Harry this entire time? For what reason? I don't know. But it's... Yeah. I Before people start correcting us, it's sins past, not sins remembered. Oh, oh Christopher sins says re- no sound? Hmm. Was that from before? Or right now? I don't know. It's for. It looks like from right now. Or no, from six minutes ago. Go on. I can hear you guys. We can obviously oh. hear each other. Yeah. <laughs> I assume. Uh, yeah, fuck, can fuck the audience. We can hear each other. They can yeah. just watch us. <laughs> That's what matters. <laughs> uh, I, it's okay. It's a local problem with you, Christopher, because Dan can hear us fine. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Dan's the only one we need. We're fine. Not excellent. All I, was, all I was saying is that, to be clear, or it was, it's sins past, not sins remembered. All right. Um, okay. I think sins remembered is probably just another 
arc or title because of course they would use that something. But uh, but like go back to um, where it's Harry that's dead but not really dead. Why is there a shot of an ambulance? Go back. Yeah, the line where he says, "I never came back," and there's the ambulance. Yeah, Yeah. this this cracks me up so much. Like go to that page. Where is it? Uh, I'm now go forward. Eh, go, it's I'm one going. page after the Harry. It's this one. Right this there. one. So I get why they put that there because they, no. Go back. Ambulance. Oh, there you're you literally go. on it. Stop there. Stop there. I get why they put that there because he died in an ambulance with Peter there. Mm-hmm. Why is there an old rusted out one? Yeah, like its windows are broken. Like just to what? show you, this is just a shot of an unused ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> are they implying that it's an old ambulance? It is the ambulance that for some reason never got taken or used again. Or like, I don't know. It's just yeah. such a weird fucking choice, and that's just one yeah. nitpick of weird choices in the middle of tons of other weird choices. Like the artist was like, "What I'll do is I'll just put a disparate." Uh, right. ambulance in a field and then they'll get it like no I, i'm wondering how that got there not right. that he died in an ambulance in this also, right in this hey, different reality <laughs> what the what why why okay so here is uh kindred who is sarah why is she even bothering with mj she's unloading all of this onto mj why oh, wait right now or the Look original at her. plan. Th- th- no, this entire time, this entire issue is Sarah having a conversation with, with Mary Jane. Well, MJ was a part of the original plan, like through her therapist also hypnotized and convinced her that Gwen told her about everything and she always oh knew. Oh my God, that's right. Okay, Jesus fuck. It, I mean, oh my God, Jesus fuck. That's the correct response <laughs> because this is so fucking stupid. I, I'm, I'm getting angrier. <laughs> I told you we had to talk about this book. I can't wait for to go somewhere. Like Spider-Man I had to, Beyond. I had to go somewhere. I can't wait for Spider-Man number seventy-five. Two issues from now. Can we I move can. on? I'm mad yeah. at this. Uh, but you know what? I'm so mad at it that I'm definitely going to revisit it someday. <laughs> I know you. You're the problem. <laughs> I can't disagree. Decades. Decades of fantastic Spider-Man stories, and you're like, "Well, gotta catch them all." Yeah, <laughs> like, no, stop it. Uh, let's move on. May's book number one from Dark Horse, written and arted by Jeff Lemire, a lonely building inspector still grieving the loss of his puzzle-loving daughter, receives a mysterious phone call one night from a girl claiming it's her, and that she's trapped in the middle of a labyrinth. Eh. It kind of happens. Convinced that his child is contacting him from beyond this world, he uses an unfinished maze from one of her journals and a map of the city to trace an intricate path through a different plane of reality on an intense and melancholy adventure to bring his daughter back home. I'll tell you, that's one thing I love. That's the only way I like my adventures are are melancholic. Melancholic adventures. Kicking a can down a road. The first uh, two lines of that was what happened in this book. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, his daughter is dead and he it's got a sad. phone call. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah this could have been here. like two or three pages 
I feel could have covered this comic and then gotten into the other stuff. And I would have been more interested. Yeah. To me, this was the opposite of the last book we talked about where it was like everything in the kitchen sink at you at all times. And it's confusing. This was one beat stretched out for 40 pages. It was beautifully drawn. It was wonderfully paced, but it was so fine to sit through and sit in, you know? Um, this should not have been a one. This should not be an issues. This should be a graphic yeah. novel. Um, yes. This is not something where I'm like, ah, remember last month when I read that melancholy story yeah. about the father whose daughter died 10 years ago and how she wore sweaters and all he can think of is the sweater, but he can't remember her own face. And then he got a call at the end. I can't wait to dive back into that. Uh, this would be a graphic novel that I will probably read when all is said and done. This is not something that I want to stretch out and enjoy month after month. You know what I mean? Right. Even even narratively, nothing happened. Like yeah. this was like a zero issue. This was a it was prologue. very sad though. Like I, I was well it was. done. I think uh, I'm going to take issue with beautifully drawn. Uh, hmm. uh, Jeff Lemire is not my stylistic choice. He's, he does not speak to me stylistically. I it, I find his work a chore to get through when he's drawing it, but. Um, I think the idea is sound. I think, especially having a, a, a child of my own now, six, you know, a seven month old child, you know, tales of loss of children hit me a different way. Um, so I, I do think it is a beautiful story and it's very sad that, you know, his 11 year old, 11 year old mm-hmm. son yeah. like died about 10 years ago. And uh, our I'm Wait, sorry, daughter, daughter. Di- no. daughter. I'm sorry, she, daughter. Daughter she died was 10. about ten years ago. This she was ten, and this takes place during the tenth to eleventh anniversary, yeah. because it essentially is like a marker of you've been gone longer than you were here. Yeah, yeah. and um, he he is starting to forget her face, and so that's what where all of this thread comes in. This this um, she loved this sweater that had all of these pulls in it. And so there's this visual representation thematically of the, the, the unraveling thread from her sweater, which is just beautiful. I, I think it's a lovely book and I can't wait to read it all in one go. But um, yeah, as, as an issue that's supposed to bring me into the second issue, uh, this is not something I want to enjoy month to month. Yeah. The stuff right at the end uh, was some interesting visuals, right? With, uh, he sees a vision of her in this, what I'm guessing is like a ground level view of a maze. Um, but I, so I do like the art, but there was a lot of sepia tone and like lightly sepia tone stuff throughout this that, as I said earlier, like I think could have been mostly compressed into a few pages to get the sense of who this, who this person is and what his loss is and then get into the, stuff that is coming in the book there whatever super realistic element there is it should be noted too this was an oversized issue yeah Um, there's a lot of issue yeah this Mm. was a this was a 599 like 45 Mm. double-sized issue it was a quick read though i thought in that there weren't like there weren't a lot of words (laughs) right yeah um and they, he does do this one page, which has something we've all noted before and, and not liked, where they split up a panel or kind of just to put panel lines 
in between yeah. something. Very and Mike Diodato. Uh, I'm okay with it if there's different things happen. So like, um, uh, I came across this. I wish I remember the book that I that that did it, but they did that where they took a, a wide angle or like a, a wide angle lens panel and split it up. But they, when they split it up, they had the text boxes or the dialogue boxes do different mm-hmm. things in each one. So it was supposed to be there's no active motion yet. It is kind of like a transition of scene. So it was fine. Yeah, Diodato literally just fucking rocks a grid right. in the middle of his page. I guess that's what I right. Like I think all of us really like it sometimes, and then mm. find that like a lot of things like that. There are other people that do it that are just kind of doing the motions of it. the The one that I'm talking about it shows him going down the street, and then on the right hand side, it's like a full a full page of him going, and then on the right hand side, there's three different things. That's the one. And I think this would look better if it was one full, you know, three panel length thing and then three separate panels. I think it would be a much more interesting page to look at also. Probably. Yeah, there's no reason for that left panel to not be one panel. Right. Agree. I think I just read over it. Hmm. I was going through, like, there came a point about midway through that I was going through this so quickly because the dialogue wasn't really teaching me anything or getting me there. And then it was a very drab book. I really, really liked most of Lemire's um, blocking and layouts, but I just hate his faces. Okay. Everyone looks like a like a Rorschach test of a human. Yep. I'm just not a fan of it. But the every scene and every kind of setup is really nice. Like really, really nice. And I love yeah. the transition between you know, the dream world and his ordinary life and the use of color. It was the pieces of work really worked. It just was, I don't know why this was in issues and I don't know why it was double sized. Oh, there is uh, something on the last page, something that I just noticed. We even can't quite see it because of the banner at the bottom. But speaking of what I was saying, the well done pages, the uh, previous page, the, his shadow becomes like this line you know this unraveling line there oh yeah there's a bunch of little things like that too where if you go back to the panels that you mentioned where they split him in half Mm -hmm. the panels are bleeding into almost like maze pieces at the top and the left yeah see yeah the top left yeah oh yeah oh i didn't see that as a maze piece that's a good point though they do a lot of he does a lot of little like flourishes and stuff here where jeff lemire is super talented but i I've yet to read any of his modern stuff that just blows me away. Most of the time, it's just like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. But I, there's people that pray to the altar of Jeff Lemire. Mm. That must be nice um, for him. I'm <laughs> definitely going to read it once it's finished. Mm. Let's yeah. move on to Dead Box number one from Vault Comics, written by Mark Russell, with art by Ben Tizma. <laughs> Welcome to the town of Lost Turkey, where the main source of entertainment is a cursed DVD machine that seems to know more about the fate of its citizens than they do. Uh, so this is a pretty classic. As soon as I saw the um, the cover, which uh, I have up, I'm holding up now, Dead Box Number One. Uh, I didn't quite realize what it was, and it's it's really just. A red box. If anyone doesn't know, red box is uh, after the the um, 
what's the word? The extinction of the blockbuster video stores. They started to have these things called red boxes out front of like CVS's, Rite Aid's, Acme's, where have you. And uh, you can just go in and it's filled with DVDs and you can, it's all digital and you boop, boop, boop. I want to watch, uh, you know, the Milkshake. They still have them. Oh, what a great movie. Milkshake. Milkshake. Um, uh, and you can, and you get a pretty scratched uh, a copy of it and you take it home and, and it skips a lot. Um, so uh, looks like a red TARDIS says Mars. Yes. It does. Uh, so, yeah, I thought, oh, isn't that cute? You know, Red Box, Dead Box. Sounds like a Shudder or a sci-fi horror movie. And uh, it kind of is, actually. Um, yeah. I'm not entirely sure what I read. Other than there is a woman who works uh, at, a, at a store that has a Red Box. It's called a Dead Box, a Red Box. And uh, there are... Movies, it's populated with movies that no one's ever heard of before. Like Milkshake. And, like Milkshake. <laughs> um, and uh, her father is dying. We don't know what of. Um, but it starts to divvy up the story between this woman watching a movie and what the movie is, is, is about. Um, what did you think, Noel? Um... So I'm a, I'm a fan of Mark Russell. Um, uh, he tends to subvert expectations while also being very, very uh, cliched at the same time. It's just, it's parody, but he does it yeah. without winking at you. So the idea of him doing an anthology horror book, I thought was kind of funny. But then when I read the premise of people rent these movies and the movies are haunted, I was like, okay. Oh, the movies are haunted. Yeah, that's yeah, not clear. Like, uh, so no one knows what the movies are. They rent them. They make a couple of references to people that have and haven't seen it. And then the the father is suffering from some mysterious illness. But then at the end, they reveal what he looks like, which is just disappearing, emaciated. And they reveal that he watched he rented and watched a movie called The Vanishing Man. Hmm. So whatever you rent and whatever you watch is essentially what you're haunted by or what going to happen to you. They become like these, these precursors. What's interesting is that the movie that our main character watched had to do with uh, communicating with an, uh, a civilization 200 light years away, choosing to send somebody, but they would be in travel for 50 years because of the way that space travel works, but then not taking into account the 50 years of isolation turning him into a fucking Neanderthal which is an allegory for what she's going through where she is now stuck at home with her father who is dying of a mysterious illness whereas her actual aspirations were to go back to school and do yeah mm. thank you her actual aspirations were to go back to school and, and actually live her life and not be stuck in this town that doesn't even have Wi-Fi. so it's it's just it's using the the trope of these fake movies as metaphors a la tales from the crypt or ec stuff yeah i, th I think this was really fun i liked oh. it a lot yeah but it's Brian, totally not for everybody yeah. uh no, I, di I didn't uh, have the chance to read this okay. one 
but I'm glad that I heard you guys talk about it. It sounds like <laughs> something to read. <laughs> See now, that was not clear to me. No, the vanish, we, we the revelation of the father, and how he looks like a zombie. Didn't really. I was like, is he supposed to be vanishing? Because he doesn't really look like he's mm. vanishing. He just looks like he is very emaciated and sickly. Mm. Whereas the the vanishing man is a man vanishing. Mm. So I wasn't entirely sure if that's what I was supposed to be taking away from that. It just looks like, um, okay, well, uh, he doesn't look great. I immediately you know? thought of thinner, something like that, where it's like, oh a, yeah, it's it's not explicit one for one what happens to you. It's it's more of like, you know, you read a, a yeah. metaphor. Yeah, so like he just yeah. he's disappearing. Who he yeah. was is disappearing, and he's becoming an emaciated, dead guy. And she is going to be like, if it's to be understood, then potentially a seal. So what I don't know is how this story is structured. Is the next issue going to be just anyone else renting a movie, mm. or are we going to follow her on how it's going? Like, yeah, it might be an anthology. It's a, I mean, it doesn't mean anything if it's the 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 issue cover is a monkey. Picking a book. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I bet it's well, where Monkey rents a movie. Well, yeah. it's renting a it's renting a dead box movie, yeah. But um I wonder I wonder Banana. if we'll actually get to see so like the, the movie she watched is obviously it's a metaphor for what her demise is going to be, which is being stuck in your hometown and just fading away and dying. Becoming something you don't want to be no matter what. I don't know. Oh, I, well. I thought it was it's smart ish horror. I liked it. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed it as well. And it had my favorite quote that I've read all week. Oh. Did you read a book of quotations earlier in the week? The downfall of civilization will be its willingness to defend stupidity as freedom. Hmm. The rest of that quote is really good, too. Um, One doesn't explain the circus geek by arguing over whether or not he should be free to bite the head off of a chicken. In fact, such a debate serves only to distract itself from the real question. Why does he want to bite the head off a chicken to begin with? A society that cannot tell the difference between freedom and stupidity may or may not remain free, but it will surely maintain its commitment to stupidity. Yeah, it's good. I think it was, they they attributed to, or they attributed something to Kierkegaard in the uh, so if anybody doesn't read Mark Russell's comics they're often on the surface high concept silly but you'll be reading it and it'll be literary references and allusions and metaphors in the middle of this really weird silly I've always appreciated it and Brian, you should maybe read more of his stuff because I think you would really enjoy it I've liked everything that I've read of his we did a couple of the super gods uh, a long time ago, and the billionaire Alan I thought was good. Not Super Gods, Super Wonder Twins. No, no, that, that, that sounds great. cool. Yeah, what was the one where uh, uh, um, it's um um Second Coming? Yeah, Second Coming, which yeah. is still going on. Yeah, Super Gods was the Grant Morrison book, also really good, but very different. Oh wait, hang on, Fuck Mary Kill. Oh, okay. Uh, Fuck Mary Kill. Do you, do you know who this game is? Uh, Brian, Brian Lieb. There's yeah. a game called Fuck Mary Kill. I give I know you three it. names. Mm-hmm. You tell me who you would fuck, who you would marry, who you would kill. 
The three names in question are Uh Jeff Johns, Uh Brian Michael Bendis, Uh or Grant Morrison. Bendis is out. Um, Let's see. Are we talking about their... Wait, Bendis is out, meaning you would kill him? He's gone. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather not, to be honest with you. I don't want to kill anybody. Look, it's... It's a binary choice. There's no like a round where I would actually just put him on the side. No, you have to pick fuck, marry, and kill. I know. Um, but is this, are we to interpret this as like you can God read their it. comics a little or just service no, level? You have to marry one of them in it's real life. You have to really do have that? sex with one of them and you oh, have okay. to murder one of them. Oh, I would marry Grant Morrison of- out of the three of them. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think Grant Morrison. So Jeff Johns, I feel like he writes really good, satisfying comics, uh, or he has written a lot of them. Whereas Grant Morrison, I I feel like would be a better partner for me in life. You know, I think our just our way of thinking Uh, from what I can tell. I mean, I interpret it as I'm making this choice of what to do with the individual based on their body of work. Yeah. Not their personalities. Personally. JD made it quite clear, yeah. <laughs> but but I feel like it wouldn't change for you. No, it probably would, but it would be a harder choice. Like I think when it comes to it, Jeff Johns does some really solid comic booking and like retconning, very satisfying and great stories. My favorite all time crossover, I think it's at least way up there. Blackest Night, not uh, you know the event, um, Flash runs, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Grant Morrison comics, whereas not always as reliably good, are more special, I think. Um, they're more interesting. So, so bo- yeah. both JD and I translated that more special you're talking about as mm-hmm. excellent one night stands. So we were both like, let's uh, fuck Grant Morrison. Interesting. Mm, not, interesting. I always, like, I don't always want a magic trick. Mm. Like, I, I kind of also just want stability and. Yeah, stability would be nice too, right? But the highs and the lows of Grant Morrison, I think I'd. Oh, so you just like abusive relationships? Are you? you <laughs> Who's doing the abuse? You're being a, you're being abused by his manic. Uh, oh man, that sucks. Because then I do have to suffer through like the recent Green Lantern run <laughs> in order to get All Star Superman. Uh, so yeah, be yeah, tough. That's, those are peaks and valleys. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, his comic sorry. books are like abusive, right? They're like, "Oh, baby, you know I didn't mean it." And then he gives you some good stuff, but then he goes right back to like Green Lantern season two. Uh. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Army of Darkness, nineteen seventy nine, number one from Dynamite, written by Rodney Barnes with art by Tom Garcia. After his most recent appearance in Dynamite Lives, Ash. Lee Williams is retired. Settle down. Haunted by the Deadites and the Necronomicon no more. Wait, no, that ain't right. None of that is true. Not only is Ash still haunted by Deadites and the Necronomicon, but he's haunted by the both of them in the 1970s. Kids, ask your parents. Parents, ask yourselves. And what does he find in the South Bronx of the late 70s? Gangs. And what do those what have those gangs found? The Necronomicon. So, what does that make the gangs? Badass motherfuckers. Oh. This was terrible. <laughs> this was awful. Um I like 
Evil Dead. I like Evil Dead 2. I like Army of Darkness. My favorite is Evil Dead 2. Oh, yeah. It's the best one. Um, and there was there was a, a show. There was an Army of Darkness show. Ash versus the Army of Darkness, I believe is what it was called. It was Evil all Dead. Stars. Evil Dead. Ash versus the Evil Dead. Is it, uh, was it Stars? Yes. It's currently on Netflix. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm, yeah, man, I'm going back. I'm going to watch Ash do some stuff. Groovy baby. And I got a chainsaw hand and King, King, I'm the kiss, kiss the King. Give, give me some sugar. I forget what he says. Anyway, uh, it's, uh, it turns out I don't like Ash very much. Uh, mm-hmm. turns out when I was a kid, all of his like misogynistic uh, antics are like not, they were funny at the time. And now I'm like, you suck. I hate this guy. And I know that's the gag. Noel and I have had this conversation. Like, the show knows that Ash is an idiot. And so did the movies. The the movies never painted him as, like, an actual cool guy who actually had answers. Uh, He's always been an idiot, right? So um, it's just my ability to enjoy someone acting that way has diminished. So... Um, but I, I was kind of excited anyway. I was like, maybe this will be different. Um, and I don't feel like it really sounds like Ash to me, the way that, no, um, it doesn't. It, it, the, the way that he's written here, uh, Rodney Barnes doesn't seem like it, it doesn't sound right. But, um, the beginning of it was cool. I was like, Oh, I see. They're doing the warriors. Yeah. But with, cool. with the army of darkness with Ash and deadites. So like, Oh, that's kind of fun. The idea is sound. But I think the execution left a lot to be desired. Uh, it was a little obnoxious, kind of annoying. Uh, it just didn't really speak to me. What you about are, you, you are, Noel? You are correct on all counts. Oh, thanks. Uh, um, cool. Well, right, thank right. you for joining but, us. But <laughs> I kind of liked it. Um, <laughs> so I, I also grew up with Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. Saw, like... Worshipped them in high school. It was just, you know, that was the right tone of, of entertainment for me. Um, yeah. But in a modern lens, he's a fucking, he's annoying as shit. Like, I, I, yeah. I've grown to dislike the character. Um, but what the, and I've never liked him in comics either. Uh, I, they, you just can't write that kind of level of stupidity. And make it sound yes. right. Like it, it was something that was very exclusive to Bruce Campbell mm-hmm. being yeah. able to just deliver that stuff with a straight face. When you only read it, it's just like, okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, when I did, I was also very excited about the show, started watching it. It felt odd and gross uh, because it was the same shtick, but it was in 2000, you know. 17 or 18 <laughs> and it's like this doesn't work anymore it wasn't until they introduced the uh the f- i forget her name the female character yeah essentially a female ash um to just explicitly show how not only stupid he is but as a show they consistently punished him for his stupidity <laughs> so it became a three stooges sketch it's just an ongoing Three Stooges sketch of him just being punished constantly. And it, yeah. it was a, it was an enjoyable show. Now, what I liked about this was all the stuff that you said were still like I, the Warriors vibes was fun. Um, I like the idea of uh, 
him trying to get a lumberjack job. I just think that's a really funny bit. That's a, that's a cute gag. Um, I guess all of these, all of these army of darkness, evil dead comics are contingent or, or the, the only thing that really happens is it sucks him through a portal and he's now in a new status quo. Like, yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess that's happened constantly in these like multiple, like, versus the reanimator he's just sucked into a portal and that's that he doesn't seem too surprised by it no it's just like a status like an ongoing thing for him it's just like matt where am i going next like sliders whatever yeah that was a good show um it was yeah it was a good season of a show whoa there was more than one good season true but it, it got pretty crazy by the end one time they completely replaced their cast and I hadn't seen it in years and I turned it on and I was like, wait, have I gone through? <laughs> and it was, what made it worse? It was like Jerry O'Connell's brother. It was. Yeah. So he looked kind of like him. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the voice of, of Ash in this was very tempered. Uh, Rodney Barnes, who has done Philadelphia. Um, oh, right. That's, that's actually why I was interested in this. Uh, a, a, a local Hollywood writer. I say local because it was Philadelphia based comic book um, who did something completely tonally different than this before. I was like, maybe this will be interesting. He does not have the voice down. He tries to temper it and make it less machismo and less um, yeah. sexist, but it still doesn't work. He is, they try and make Ash at the simultaneously the most competent person and the most ignorant person in any given scenario. And it just does not work on paper. Like he's either a buffoon who just fails upward or he is the most adept at killing evil period. But Mm. you can't do both in the same breath and have it feel organic. That's the problem I had with this book. Also look at the top right panel. Oh, yeah, hey, he's got a chainsaw on his arm. Look at the bottom left panel. Oh, he's got a yeah. hand on his arm. Oh, the guy took no. his chainsaw. Oh, yeah. So yeah, but he doesn't have a hand. hand. That's why he, he has a chainsaw. In, in other media, he has gotten his hand back. Oh. The chainsaw is just a chainsaw. Um, yeah. But on the next, the next page, it, it's gone. Oh, is, is, he, is there a stump? Yes, there's a stump. Oh, mm. uh, then they suck. You know, I never Same. saw any of the. Uh, oh yeah, there it is. How are they holding him up by that? <laughs> another, another good question. <laughs> uh, I never saw any of those movies: the uh, Evil Dead or Army of Darkness like or Evil them. Dead Two. I wasn't. I was always sort of a little interested. So I love Briscoe County Junior, which was a thing that Bruce Campbell was yeah. in back in the day. Remember, oh, that yeah, was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like kind of steampunk sci-fi western. Um, before I'd ever heard the term steampunk. So I always thought Bruce Campbell was cool, but I haven't really seen many things with him in it. And I knew about this, but I wasn't really drawn to the, to the vibe of it, you know, I guess enough to see it. Um, so I read this comic. I had no idea <laughs> what was happening <laughs> other than knowing like, you know, the it, broad strokes of who he is and what his deal is. It happened. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I read this comic. <laughs> Review closed. Um, it was fine. You know, I don't know what he's supposed to sound like, really, but I'm not surprised to hear that this isn't it, uh, given 
you know, well, like I know Bruce Campbell's a fun, like a fun guy to be on screen, and I can see it being hard to capture here. And uh, yeah, so I had no real interest in reading any more after this one. I do, I do like that. There's a scene here where he's going after the Deadites, and he's going, "Do you feel lucky, punks? Well, do ya?" And then he goes, "Take that!" And then he seems to be running out of things to say. So then he just goes, "Where's the beef?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. There's, yeah. there's, um. There's some solid-ish stuff in here. I, I don't know. I, I and, and the the whole climax at the end of the idea. This is like deep in the weeds when it comes to like whatever mythology or continuity there is in the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness comics, where his blood precipitates little mini evil versions of him. I'm like, wait, is that a right. thing that has appeared before? Oh yeah, in, in the, Army of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah, he fought. A, he fought tiny little versions of himself with pitchforks and stuff. But these are not him, right? They are manifestations of him uh, as yes. cops, which I didn't really. I don't I understand why they're cops. I think right. the seventies of it all. The I, uh, sure, there's cops the, in the seventies. I guess. I well, mean, no, that's... no, the the the. the <laughs> Like the the dichotomy of like the street toughs and the gangs, and then their enemy of the cops, and like he's he's uh, hmm. the man in this hmm. instance, I guess. I don't know. I didn't really get it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get I it either. Forgot about it until you. I definitely didn't. Here. Yeah. But um, ah, well, what a bummer. Hmm. I'm pulling this series, so I'm gonna read it all. Well, let me know. Maybe it gets better. Maybe. Uh, maybe um is that it uh last flight out was an interesting book that we could talk about really really fast i I didn't get a chance to read it did you get a chance to read it brent i got the chance and i took the chance all right great last flight out number one from dark horse written by mart guggenheim with art by eduardo ferragato i have to clear my throat (coughs) With, Are you going to wrap the rest of it? With Earth rendered uninhabitable, humanity is chosen to evacuate to the stars. Ever with just 24 hours left until the last arc leaves forever, its designer's estranged daughter goes missing. Can he find her before time's out and repair the relationship before it's too late? Family, fatherhood, and the hunt for forgiveness shape this thrilling apocalyptic tale. Was it thrilling? Did you did you were you thrilled, Brian? I wasn't thrilled. I was. Uh, <laughs> Although I wouldn't have said I wasn't thrilled because that has its own connotation. Yeah. Um, but no, it was fine. This cover art is nice with the title kind of being in the in the dimensions of the of the thing itself, like uh, like the credits to the movie Panic Room from the early two thousands, which I don't oh. think it was the first to do it, but it was well done. Um, no, I didn't think there was anything particularly original or interesting in this. You know, it's like the daughter. So there's these arcs leaving the planet because the planet is going to become uninhabitable. And this is the last one out. And there are people who are like, I don't believe the planet's going to become uninhabitable. So I'm staying. Um, so the designer of it, his daughter, estranged, as the thing said, and, and he's got to go. She is much older than that. Uh, than she's on the cover. She's like an adult by now. I the think. course of the book is 25 years. Yeah. Okay. So she's, she grows up to be a 25 year old. Yeah. And has either decided not to join or is in some way being held back. So there's this group that goes to get them and it 
starts off poorly and presumably will be difficult throughout. But there could be some cool stuff coming in this. And I do like the art and I like the sci-fi elements of like, that is awesome. This ship design. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, oh, and like the next window out is 68 years later, but the planet is supposed to be uninhabitable in six years or something. So something might happen with that. Um, it's, there's interesting stuff, but overall the story, I don't know. It wasn't anything that I was really like shocked by the, you know, what do you think? Uh, I thought this was fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. The, Hmm. the, the specific story motivations and the, and the character beats are just, they were original. They were effective. Um, so the whole first third of this book is throughout the years, him consistently, consistently neglecting his wife and his child over and over again to the point where you hate the character. But then halfway through the last arc, they have to get going. He reaches out to his daughter, his daughter's ghosting him. And he's like, I have to go get her. And you know, all these important people are like, why? He's like, I intentionally made the decision to not be there for her in order to do all of this. The point of it was to get her back or to get her safe. That's it. It was this really, really great character moment. Like, uh, I really, really like it when a writer or a comic will intentionally try and lose the audience and then pull them back, which was a really cool trick. And then also too, the way that this ends with the big old helicopter crash, the dichotomy that they introduce of these these elite special forces army dudes do not want to be there. Do not think this person that they're supposed to go save is worth them dying on a dead planet. And you watch this guy execute one of his one of his um, uh, one of his team. Yeah, a member of his team because they broke his leg and he can't do anything about it. So you like you don't know who to trust. And in the middle of it is this scientist who's just like, I I have 22 hours to find my daughter in war torn Chicago and no one around him is trustworthy. This is just ripe with all kinds of great tension. I really liked it a lot. Nice. Sweet. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a shot. This is definitely a movie. I would not be surprised if this is going to be a movie or some shit. It was just a really good comic though, too. Um, nice. Mark Guggenheim. Yeah. He's, yeah, usually I love always him. Always consistent, yeah. Yeah, I'm usually, I think he wrote, um, uh, JD, do you remember when Bart Allen was briefly The Flash? Yes. A while ago. That was, um, that was Guggenheim, yes. Yeah, the good parts were. And I think he came on like partway through and it was awesome. And um, and I've liked him since then. And Yeah, I yeah. think the start of it was like Will Pfeiffer? Actually, the start of it may have been uh, Bilson and DeNeo, who wrote the Flash TV show. I could be wrong about that. They did some Flash comics around that time. Um, the Flash TV it, show with uh, John Leslie Ship from the 90s. It was during. No, I think that came, comes after because it was oh, no. it was Infinite Crisis where they swapped. They essentially did another legacy of the Flash, mm-hmm. where Wally was taken off the board and Bart was upgraded, and that first series of Bart was either Guggenheim or Will Pfeiffer. 
Who doesn't write comics anymore? I remember not liking it. Anyway. The beginning part, I think, was five because then Guggenheim takes took over with an issue that had one of those all of the characters' costumes in a in a line as he's running, which especially works for the Flash. Um, and that issue was great, and then it like went from there and was pretty good. And I think that was Guggenheim's first issue back then. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right. Hey, did you guys watch What If? I watched it, but tough. We're not going to talk All about right. that here. We're going to talk about Patreon.com and slash Johnny Destructo. If you want to help the show out, you can go there, Patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. Um, I think I think I'm going to start like a new tier on Patreon, where like I make a new sticker every month and I send you a sticker. I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe I'll do that. We'll see. Um, but if you don't have any money, of us, JD. No. Oh. In- more interesting just, things. Just me. Just me. Oh. Uh, there are other ways to help the, sh- the show if you, you just come out and hang out with us hang and, and chat with us you can tell your friends about it you can tell your mom uh, you can write a, a letter to Santa hmm. is he not or already Jesus. is he not a listener is Jesus um, a listener uh, of this Jesus show I thought Santa. so well, Jesus, hang on Jesus is always listening oh we're, what's up Oh no! I'm, no no! I said Jesus, who is uh, a tiny little voodoo doll that I made of Jesus. It's made out of cheese, uh, and he's he's up on uh, my that, desk. That it's a voodoo smell. doll of Jesus. Yeah. What do you hope that, to do? That's, that is. It's not only is it not sanitary; it probably smells like. Oh it, no! It does not now. smell good. No, I think that's part of it. That's part of it working. <laughs> uh, uh, so Patreon.com was that covered? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It was. All right. Uh, and um, let's see. Mari says, uh, I think my dislike for the character just, I don't know, kept me from getting into it. Oh, so Mars did not like Last Flight because of the shitty character that we were just discussing. Wait, was um, he talking about Last Flight or? Last, yeah. I think so. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Because it, yeah. I, when, when you, when you comment, if you could add any context sometimes, because we don't get them until huh. after we're talking about something. So I didn't, I thought you were talking about Evil Dead still, or Army of Darkness still. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Plus, if you put up something yeah, like, yeah. I agree with that, we can put it on screen whenever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make you agree to whatever we desire. Like, <laughs> like this one. Where are we? Here we are. <laughs> We're right here. Yeah. <laughs> We've been with you in your heart this entire time, Whole Christopher St. Saucy. Good night. Also on your shoulder. Um, and in your pocket. So, what if happened this week? And then why the last last man dropped this week, and uh, there was I watched I watched the first ten minutes. Oh, how were they? And um, what else? Oh, there was a new trailer for yeah. for Hawkeye. Yes, Hawkeye. Oh uh, well, um, well, if yeah, I mean I, I put in the note. There's two trailers I think are totally worth talking about. Two trailers. Oh, there's oh you made notes. What was the other? Yes, show? I was made it notes. The Matrix. Was it the Matrix four? I spent time oh. on this garbage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Trailer gutter talk, trailer reactions, Hawkeye and Matrix Resurrections. Oh. So I was just setting the stage, you know. I was just telling them like a bunch of things happened, and then we're going to get into the nitty gritty. So um, let's start with Hawkeye. Hmm. I am so I so excited about Hawkeye. Ever since I heard that it was coming, uh, and I knew that Kate Bishop was going to be a part of it, I was very excited, and I was also excited because I knew it was going to be pulling from the Matt Fraction, David Aja. Um, 
My Life as a Weapon miniseries. That is probably the best Hawkeye series of all time. And uh, just the trailer dropped today, and I was very, very excited. I think it was a very good trailer. I like the Christmas theme to it. And I like the one of the scenes is directly from this hardcover that Noel is showing you um, with the trick arrows and everything. I cannot wait for for this show. What did you guys think of the trailer, Brian? Uh, I thought it was cool. I'm interested. I feel about Hawkeye, about the way I do about Black Widow, where I'm like, all right, you know, if they're going to be around, I'll watch whatever they're doing. But I'm not, you know, I'm not like raring to go for for these characters in general. Um, You notice I was just talking about Kate Bishop. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I'm not excited you. for. Yeah, I'm not excited for a right. Jeremy Renner Hawkeye show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for the dynamic between him and Kate Bishop, and Kate Bishop taking over eventually. That does look like the the fun aspect of it. I mean, yeah. I think that's the whole show. But you, so guys, good. you guys hate you guys hate Jeremy Renner's. No, I don't hate Hawkeye? him. No. No, 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 said that. No, oh. Oh, that, was, uh, that, was, that was that was the context that I got from. I didn't say I was excited about Jeremy Renner. Oh, that says a lot about you, though. But I also don't. I also don't hate him. He's fine. He's there. He's fine. Uh, he does not bring any pathos to the character. Uh, he has never made me feel anything on screen. Uh, Jeremy Renner as an actor, but he's fine. Uh, I like that he has a family. I like the family that he has. Um, I, it was sad when they disappeared, but I was sad. I, I don't find him a particularly compelling actor who's oh. able to make me feel emotions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a shame. I, uh, I've i liked him since The Hurt Locker. I think he's I great. That's uh, a wonderful I didn't movie. know he was in that. Um, he, he oh, got, yeah. He got an Academy he, Award nomination for it. I don't think Yeah, he's that. Greg Locker <laughs> that the movie's named after. Oh, and he's like, his nickname, he's Hurt. He's the, he's yeah, the hurtest guy it's, around. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, when, he, when he feels bad, he goes and stands in lockers. <laughs> and that's why he was named it's that. A, or it's a really, it's, it's because a really, he was named that. Yeah, it's a really, really good movie. He's. That I, like I, I disagree. I actually really like, um, his Hawkeye, and this this whole trailer felt like um, it had like hardcore diehard vibes. I was down. Hmm. Like it was, hmm. yeah, I it was Christmas time action movie. <laughs> what the ah. fuck, Brian? Yeah, I mean, they're. I mean, they they seemed like they were good, but. So tell me more Thank about you. the Die Hard movies, Brad. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, 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 like a Christmas time action, and then also like it's got the the holiday film trope of just got to get home for Christmas. Yeah. You know, like oh, yeah. it's just it's a Wonderful it's a lot of this looks like a giant melting pot of of genre tropes. Yeah, it and felt I'm, mostly I'm totally like down I think, for it. totally down for planes, it. trains, and automobiles. Yeah, it's all holiday movie tropes <laughs> and that movie holiday tropes. Like if. If you told me Shane Black was kind of uh, one of the uh, story editors for this, and I'd be like, yeah, no, that makes yeah, sense. Makes sense. All the, yeah. It's all the things, yeah. Uh, was the part from, that you referenced, Judy, the part from the comic, was that when they shoot an arrow and she's like, that, was, <laughs> that wasn't the dangerous one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was cool. Yeah. Uh, no, I would like to clarify, though, I don't have an issue with Jeremy Renner at all. I think Hawkeye, the character, is... Not somebody that I'm like, ooh, I got to see something about Hawkeye. Um, I, I must be remembering all of his great setups. Hawkeye? Incorrect. The, the only particular, I think the only really good Hawkeye scene is the one where he's talking to Scarlet Witch during um, Age of mm-hmm. Ultron. That's the Hawkeye scene for me. I like when he says, yeah, I've got a suit. 
in the Avengers movie. That was pretty cool. <laughs> when does he good. say, yeah, I've got oh, a it's suit. cool. He's, I, it's actually, I think about that scene <laughs> semi-frequently. When I like, Steve Rogers is like, do you have a suit? He's like, yeah. Okay. You know, like when they're all putting on their superhero costumes. Huh? And he's like, yeah, I got one of those. Like, I like him in the role. And like I said, like Black Widow, I enjoy a lot of Black Widow moments. And I enjoy a lot of Hawkeye moments. But... You know, if there was never a Hawkeye solo thing, he wouldn't be on my list of characters you've got to have a solo thing of. That's fair. Yeah. I think it looks great. I can't wait. Yeah, I was very excited. As soon as it was over, I was like, ooh, wait, I, I got to go the, back and see when that releases. Uh, the, the part in the trailer that I'm hoping, like, you know, every, every once in a while, there's like a one or two seconds in a trailer where you're just like, now I'm in, I'm sold. Hmm was when he caught the Molotov cocktail and threw it back. That was cool. Yeah. It's, for some reason, that is the most, you know, the other one. You guys do the other one. <laughs> Why is it so tiny? Because you're doing I like him. He's one. like a little guy on your shoulder, like we've talked about several times this episode. <laughs> you're doing the wrong one. Hey, right. there you go. There he is. <laughs> what a this is this the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it off. Yeah, that's the one. Um, <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, I that was my reaction after I saw him catch a Molotov cocktail. This is this is excellent for the listening audience. The fact that you're <laughs> rolling through gifts. Yeah. <laughs> this um, is my gifts to you. What did you guys think of? So we're all in agreement on the the. Hawkeye show, but what did you guys think of the Matrix Re- Resurrections trailer? I was interested. Um, Can you? I love the original Matrix, and the second and third one I was not as into <laughs> at the time. I you know, watched I, them. Yeah, I and I liked them, but I was still, I think, like many people, like a different thing would have been better, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, but I really, I really liked a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's perfect yeah i agree i love the original matrix i went and saw it like six times in the theater and then i went over to scotland and it was just coming out over there so then i was like Fine, i gotta go see it to scotland? that's why i went yeah. i gotta go to scotland and see he was for the first time again it was like a touring band he was traveling with <laughs> yes. the, release, the international release schedule <laughs> yeah. um and uh you know the irony of uh dipshits being talking about taking the red pill and mm sort of also not really understand that it was created or by being the things tra- that you should escape two from. trans women um <laughs> and uh yeah but yeah one that uh, two and three i wish had been different yeah like yes. there I, there were parts of it i really liked but uh, yeah i yeah. i have a i appreciate the sequels mm-hmm. and i like how they ended but i dislike mm-hmm. the second one with a passion Oh really? Like yeah, the it's it's the the entire thing is just bloat. It's all fucking bloat. Like uh, yeah. the first one was streamlined and wonderful. The second mm-hmm. movie is two hours of side quests and cutscenes mm. with like maybe fifteen minutes worth of plot that's propelling the main mm. character that you came to kind of find out about. Remember how easily- long the 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 orgy scene was? Like the oh, rape yeah, scene? Kind of thing. Yeah. It's, or just their time uh, in Zion was the, long. The movie was damn. so. I I genuinely think that you could edit the second movie to about twenty minutes, and just tack it onto the third one that actually mm. continues the plot. 
Oh, and there's yeah. also the Animatrix. Uh, have you guys seen that? that yes. Some of those, those are very cool. Those are very cool, yeah. 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 Like the yeah, origin they, of the whole thing. Yeah. I, yeah, video I game was fun. Mm. The video game was better than the second movie also. It, it ran right. in parallel to the second movie mm. and then took you to the truck scene. Like that was the end. Now, I saw a headline somewhere online. I didn't read the article, but it said the Matrix sequels are better than you remember. And I am planning on rewatching them. So I hope that that is true because I do want to rewatch them before this. I did it a couple years ago and they're not really. I do think I do think (laughs) that the I do think a very large part of the problem was uh, what, you know, like any time that there is something divisive, there's always something that you can own about that. And I do think that collectively we had expectations that were not met, whether they were fair or unfair. Our expectations of it being another, uh, you know, quasi-intellectual, hmm. ethereal action movie, and it was this over-explanatory, confusing thing, in addition, was hmm. that was a subversion of expectations. I honestly would not say quasi-intellectual. I tried to explain the idea of, like, what if all of this that you know is fake before The Matrix came out, and it was very difficult. And now, people get that. You know, you're people, like, no, like The Matrix, people, and they're like, oh, right. It's quasi-intellectual because people understand the concept, but hmm. to actually, like, you know, to write papers about it as an intellectual is not, you're not going to get that from just watching The Matrix a couple of times. No. I'm like, happy that they brought that idea to a wider audience. <laughs> That's, I think it's yeah. a valuable idea. Our expectations, it was just a subversion of expectations, and uh, I, to me, it's the first example of toxic fandoms ruining something. They did not have the patience. They did not have the six months of patience to finish this. Cause the movies the two and three came out six months apart from each other. Yeah. It was May yeah. and November. They did not like f- that whole summer was the matrix movies are fucking bullshit and no one gets, it's, it's all garbage. And I'm not saying, oh, I don't remember one. that. I, w- I worked in a movie. I managed a movie theater at this time. Uh, me too. <laughs> the, the, the second one, everyone was just anticipating wait, counting the hours. The third one, was like a wet fart. There was not the same um, anticipation or 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 just fervor for it, and it was only six months later. Oh, now where I was at the up round here, it was uh, it was fervent. Up round here, fervor. Yeah, up, up, <laughs> up round <around> here. here. <laughs> no, I I just I, my experience but, hey, was know. that people were yeah, yeah. by the time that the third one came out, people were apathetic. Hmm. Um, but now hang on a second. What about that? Oh, yes, JD. I, I don't understand. Uh, people, a movie came out, yeah. and most of the people were seemed to be disappointed by it. Yes, and so then they weren't as interested in the third one. Yes, Th- that. I mean, why is that bad? Well, I mean, that that makes sense to me. That doesn't seem toxic to me. It seems like, oh the, man, what a huge letdown. Now I don't care about part three. It became cool and, and passe to hate on the second one to the point where it discouraged other people from discovering it and or making up their own minds. It literally, it was a forum type of thing. It was a, like the proto internet version of comment forums that just shat on something that most of them or some of them didn't even see or understand to change the effect of how people may have received the third one. The third one to me was always going to be kind of tainted by the fact that there was so much, some of it necessary, some of it completely unwarranted shit thrown at the second one for six months 
that yeah. no matter what was going to happen, people were going to hate the third one or at least yeah. convince themselves to hate the third one. I was you know still, I, mean? I was still excited for the third yeah, one, too. despite yeah. not so liking that, the second guys, I'm not, I'm not talking about me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about the, like, no, I know I'm energy moving the, the conversation oh, sure. forward. I was talking about yeah. me. Uh, I was saying, I hear what you're saying. My, my, my experience was two disappointed me. And uh, three, I was like, I'm, this will be the one. It'll, you know, remember yeah. Heroes in Crisis, you guys? It'll pull it out. <laughs> this will be the, the last episode. Just you wait. The last issue is going to wrap it all up and it's going to be great. And yeah. then I walked out of three going, ah, you fooled me twice. Yeah. Shit. Um, but you know what? the first one, 100% still holds up. Yeah. Still one of my probably a top 10 movie. I love the original Matrix. Yeah. Um, this trailer, I'm into. It looks cool. Hmm. I, I, I think... We started off on that path to say, well, the follow-ups so far haven't been what we wanted, but there's always another chance when another movie yeah. comes out, right? Yeah. And it looks interesting. I like the thing with the blue pill is interesting that he's, this is like medication that he's on now. Yeah, um, and uh, you don't learn a lot about what's happening in this, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a buzz. I want to know what, what the deal is. The, the thing of the... I'm not sure what you're referring to, Mars. Uh, I Maybe think they're the referring to all of the, the vitriol. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Um, the third, sorry, the um, the thing that kind of throws me off of the trailer, I love the trailer. I watched it like 10 times. Uh, Mars Comics says, but I'll tell you, the more people try to convince me of something, the more determined I am to just make up my own mind. Absolutely. But that's also like, you know, um, a level of maturity that masses don't always have also too, that we cultivate over years. Like when I was 25, I was not as, you know, forgiving and or mature enough as I am at 35 to yeah. give things a chance based on their own merit. Like we are all susceptible to groupthink, you know, yeah. uh, but what I was going to say, the thing in the, the trailer that kind of made me think this is also going to subvert expectations the last, the stinger thing at the end where the Jonathan Groff character is like bringing us back to the matrix where it all started. I, I, I feel like that's, there's, there's, there going to be some sort of like fourth wall thing and, or, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not inception, but kind of like the reality of the movie. Like he's playing Keanu Reeves in the movie. <laughs> It's something so. like that. Yeah. Like the reality of the movie is in reference to the original movies, not mm. so much a continuation of, or like, or both. Mm. I, it makes me feel like there's going to be some sort of um, plot point and or setup that we're not necessarily expecting. Like these are not I, our versions of Neo and, and Trey. Right. These are some sort of. Which was part of the original story right? too, was that there had been, I Six. forget if this was introduced Multiple. in. The first one, I don't think it was, but right, like these, this had happened over and over. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. I've wondered if that's part of, or if, is he a program, you know, or something? Yeah. Who knows? Is he still the one? If it's a different program, that's right. been rebooted. Like it's just it's mm -hmm. it's it, and and the thing about it too is, at the end of the third movie, he sacrificed himself to save her every it was essentially a tr actually that's what a lot of people hated about the third one actually i thought that's what i liked about the third one there was no e evil being defeated and good guys super winning it was literally a truce because it was a full codependent relationship between the two yeah. factions right yeah so i wonder is it a he died explicitly yes yeah. sacrificed yeah. himself 
his code. Jesus pose and all. Yeah, he was like carried off. Jesus like gone. And I think after that in the Jesus story, doesn't he come back? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not Not familiar with him. I've heard it whispers. Not the second time. Um, Jesus never leaves us. Oh, that's a good tagline. You're literally looking at him right now. <laughs> you know, I thought uh, there is a real physics theory that the computational universe, right? That this is all, um, it, not that it's literally a computer, but that it runs like a computer. And when it, when Neo was able to control stuff in the real world, I thought, oh, that's what they're going to do. And that would be really interesting. Um, but one thing that I have, I won't say I was disappointed, I was disappointed that they didn't do something like that. But, uh, you know, as I have, grown as a as a person and a viewer i'm like well i can't hold it against them that they're not doing the crazy shit that i thought they might do uh, i always i always yeah. thought it was um in that third the, the the more wild aspects of that third movie too like the uh you had the parallel stories of smith affecting things in the real world and the abilities that neo had in the matrix being able to manifest outside of the matrix and i hmm. think it the way that i read it was the further that the two of them got away from their original programming or code and the closer to the source, they were mm-hmm. able to like bleed over mm-hmm. certain aspects, you know, sense. like he was able to see code in the real world. And he then, could just see it in the machines, right? Like he could just see the machines yeah. code. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was like going to see like the was, code of the real world. It was, it was almost awesome. like, it was almost like sonar. Like he was able to see the, the yeah, absence yeah, yeah. of them kind of yeah. thing. I, so, I, I, I'm real I curious go about back and read yeah. them. Yeah. I want to go yeah. back and watch the movies again. Uh, I'm definitely going to rewatch them. I have, yeah. I have like the, the big box set, oh, nice. which has all of the movies. It's got the animatrix. It's got booklets oh. and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I'm, uh, I think, there was a Neil Gaiman short story too. Once that was on the old matrix website. If you guys can track that down, it was pretty cool. And it's like two pages. They're and there was a comic book. Oh, they're all on HBO max now. too. Nice. If you don't own Nice. The DVD sets. Kids, anyway. ask your grandparents what a DVD was. Um, they won't know either, but you just ask them. <laughs> uh, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, What If Zombies. Yeah. What did you guys think of this new What If? Oh, I think it was my least favorite so far. Like, it was good. Yeah. Like, there was... You know, yeah. yeah. I thought also it wasn't really What If. It was What If there was a completely different story, <laughs> you know? There wasn't a thing that was different. I mean, I know the thing that was different was. Like, I mean, the thing was different was the. What if go a zombie virus get... was introduced? You know? Yeah. Right. Whereas that's more oh, of a. A quantum zombie virus. Oh, I yeah, She gets I it like... from being in the quantum realm. Exactly. I like the origin of it. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I was like, all right, you know, it's a, I thought visions characterization was a little weird where it's like okay a he's gonna do this to begin with b fairly readily regret having done it and tear the mind stone out of his own head yeah and then i think there was even another which there was like another if he could have done that in endgame why didn't he just take it out himself oh yeah i don't know why does why put his wife through the agony of having to murder him when he could well, have just been like, but doink. I mean, it wasn't taking it out. It was destroying it. He can't destroy it. He could take it out. Sure. He could have just been like, here you go. 
Do it now. But but it, then it then <laughs> melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Take it. Thanos would have gotten it. She needed to literally unmake it. Unmake it. Yeah, explode yeah. it. Right. It was uh, never about extracting. It was keeping it destroyed or safe. Uh, yeah, this was fine. It was cute. Yeah. And then the very end, I was like, yeah, all right. As yeah. soon as I saw, yeah, I knew it. Yeah. I, I, I am, I like, I, the first two, uh, there's three episodes in a row now where they were, they're depressing as shit. Endings. Yeah. Which. Is how it would work. Yeah. yeah. They often do. But it's also another reason why I don't read a lot of them. Yeah. Like but they usually end with some like this one has like it's a lot of bad stuff has happened but you've got a a new beginnings of an avengers team they're going to wakanda you know that kind of stuff so there's there's usually a note of hope at the end of what is and they're going to wakanda to deliver the last stone to uh thanos on dead thanos who's already there he's in wakanda yeah, that was this oh, thing. I thought that was a. I thought he was just Wakanda somewhere. With the five other with with all of the other stones. Yeah, and he turned over. I thought that was like dirt. a flash away to nope. just wherever he was. No, he was in Wakanda. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Yeah, there's also been this one and uh, what the uh, Fury's bad week. Yeah. Um, both kind of ended with like. Oh, some of the more interesting stuff might be happening after this episode. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. But they may be continuing it or tying things together. You know, who knows? Overall, it, it, gr- really fun series, though. I'm really enjoying yeah. it. Oh, definitely. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's still it's still riding high on the uh, the first two episodes. I haven't really yeah. been enjoying it all that much. Like, um. What was we the second one? The um, oh, God, T'Challa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I like Fury's the, Big Week too. But I liked it enough, but yeah. it was it was a it was a decline from the first two, and then it's just kind of like I liked I really liked the idea of the Doctor Strange one a lot, um, but it just was a little it was it was a little icky. It was weird. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's it says it, we for all the other Marvel shows so far. We are during lunchtime. Block your calendar. We're going to watch this before it gets spoiled. I mean, what if it's been waiting like a day or two each time? Oh, really? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm all about it right away. But I'm also not as concerned about spoilers because it's not part of the overall story. Um, Fair. It's but, just more yeah. along the lines of like the anticipation is not building like it was for the other Marvel shows where I wanted to consume it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. This one, it could breathe a little bit. I maybe that's my virtue of how it's structured. Maybe it's the quality. I don't know. But oh, I wonder if the reason that some of these have not uh, ended with the oomph maybe that we would want is that they have talked about some like something later in the season is something dealing with multiple what if. And I wonder if they have done something different than what if comics are and are going to try to connect these realities, which is something that what if comics never really do. They're just stories. I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that, but if that, if if that's the case that some of these slights, um, I don't know, misfires or, slights in general that, that that i'm feeling if it's if it's if it's a long game 
for some sort of like cool turn, then I hope it was worth it. Because if it feels like an inorganic turn, I'm just going to be like, all right. I wonder if part of it is that it's animated too, that it doesn't feel. I don't know. I love animated stuff. I I don't know. So do I, but it often, it can feel hard to think of them as the same. Um, like I, I, I don't want to say continuity because they are different realities, but they're in overall the same mean. MCU continuity. I, I know what you mean, and also too, yeah. like more, more so than any other, more so than a lot of shows too. I think the consistency of the animation is pretty on par the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like all of the fights are very well done. All of everything yeah. feels like it has weight. Mm-hmm. Some of the facial acting, especially when characters are talking, is like meh. It's fine, but the mouths are a little it, wonky. Yeah, it's the mouths. It's not the eyes. It's not just, it, and I, I'm okay with the smooth kind of um, uncanny valley because it, it was it's a, a choice that they made. I, I like it a lot. But, yeah, I like the. So. But when their mouths are moving, it's like <laughs> it, it's a little, some just a little bit better. It's you know, I'd heard also that the reason that some of the characters don't look like the actors as much is some rights issues that they oh. don't want to. Yeah. Like, for instance, which I thought was weird, what if Doctor Strange had brown hair instead of his hair color in the main MCU in last week's episode? But Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, that doesn't quite look like him, and it doesn't quite look like Tom Holland, and I'd heard that it Paul be, Rudd uh, definitely doesn't look like Paul Rudd. Yeah. Ant-Man. And I think somebody said, I think this was a, a quote from somebody there that was like, look, our animators are really good. If they wanted him to look like him, he, we, they yeah. could have. Oh, yeah. I thought it was. I, I I thought it was just more of a choice. Because hmm. you can, you know, like. Yeah, you can. No, it's I just think like it, a comic book, you know. Oh sure, was, I think it might have been like a payment issue or a contract or something. But it could also be because they wanted no, to look they, like so that. they they got the voices, but they didn't want to like. But they they drew the line at maybe explicitly know. giving them a different jawline. I don't know. I I. Hmm. Eh. Could be. I have no idea. And there's some weird stuff yeah. that happens with, you know, the rights to this yeah. and not that. And we don't, but we could, but we don't want to pay for it or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I've never regretted watching one of the episodes. I've, I've been enjoying them. Yeah, me I've too. Never, never regretted it either. It just doesn't have that um, immediacy that's baked like, into the other shows thus far. Yeah. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, I have to do my FOC before uh, midnight. Fuck it up. Uh, so um, let's get the F out of here. Um, right. I was trying to look up to see if I knew what the, if they would let us know what the next what if issue uh, episode is, but they don't. It's hmm. a it's, it has to do with Killmonger. I know that. Okay. Oh, cool. There, there's still a there's a Vision Ultron one coming, right? That wasn't. That's the last one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Is it the last one? Yeah. Infinite so, like, there Vision was... or something or Infinite oh. Ultron. Oh. There's there's only. Four left because there's nine total. Yeah, we have not seen the one with Killmonger in it. We have not seen um, the one with Vision in it. We, or I'm sorry, the Ultron Vision one. We have not seen the one with um, um, what? Uh, what's her name as Thanos? Gamora uh, as Thanos. Oh right. And we haven't seen the Tony Stark. One. I think there was a Lego set of Tony Stark on Sakaar or something like that. Hmm. Like an alien. That doesn't sound familiar. 
So that like that's roughly what the four will be or something like that. Hmm. That's uh, maybe I. I want to eat crow, and this is going to be the best show of Marvel. But I think it's just nice. It's just like comfort. It's nice. It's a it's a yeah. cleanser between the movies and the other yep. shows. Hmm. It's just nice. Agree. And that's always kind of what what if for me is. You know, when I get a what if comic, it's like it doesn't have the immediacy of the ongoing story of yeah. the universe, and it is a little break from some other thing. Um, and so, you know, it's true to form in that sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm just happy to have the content. I like, I just really enjoy it. Um, but, uh, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. I'm right. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the cold pop spoiler alert live stream podcast starring JD, Nolan, Brian. It was great to talk at you and thank you for hanging out with us in the chat. It really means a lot. It really adds something to our experience because, Fuck these guys. I'd rather talk to you guys than like the the other guys on the show. Do you know what I mean? So this is I'm just telling I'm telling you. Mean. You're saying the Are inside you part. Wait, you can hear You're me? The inside part I was outside. doing this though. You're I was saying like, the inside part outside. No, that's the side I'm on. <laughs> You're saying the inside yeah. part outside. Oh. Uh I love these guys. Bye. Acquaintances. Yeah. <laughs> Mars Comics says great show, but when is Len coming back? Uh not I'm, soon enough. Maybe next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, we love you. We will talk at you later. Mwah. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.